Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. And it's been a minute since we talked to a client, um, but this is a perfect client to bring back on the pod. Holy smokes. I have Diana Blinkhorn as the guest today, aka Mrs. Blinks, aka With the Blinks, branding finished, website locked and loaded. I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. She really explains what the process was like and also explains about creating content as a family versus an individual, what that process has looked like for her, how she works with brands. She is the gold star class of influencer. She is absolutely everything we should aspire to be as far as creating authentic content and living out your brand values as a mom. Like, kudos. She is so sweet. You guys are going to love this episode and definitely check out the with the blanks branding on my website and her website, courtesy of Georgia branding by MKW creative co. This is such a feather in the cap of MKW creative Co. to be able to work with Diana. And I think you guys are going to get a lot of value out of this episode. Don't forget to rate and review. If you love it, share it, send it to someone, you know, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build brag-worthy brands through visual identity design and social media. You're in the right spot for branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice, so enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I have a client on today. Welcome, Diana. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Super excited. You may know her online as Mrs. Blinks and soon with the Blinks as we just finished the rebranding for your project. I'm so excited to share. We're both like waiting with bated breath to get this out (laughs) into the world, which is so fun. But for someone who maybe doesn't know you or doesn't follow you yet, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. So like you said, my name is Diana and I am a family and travel creator. So um, I basically share our life, but more specifically, like how we navigate through like having three kids and wanting to travel and wanting to maintain that identity as a woman and a mom. And I find that a lot of my content kind of leads towards hacks in a sense and ways I can help my audience just um, kind of excel in mom life. You know, it's really challenging. It's really difficult. It's hard to be an entrepreneur and a mom and feel fulfilled in both sides of your life. And so I just try to share a glimpse of my life with hopes that it would inspire other families. I want to say moms, but it really is families. Mm -hmm. So Love that. Were you always interested in content? Kind of take us back to the beginning. Would you always consider yourself like a creative in that way? Well, if you ask the people who know me the best, they would say yes. But I never considered myself like a content creator. And really, I started at the beginning when there really wasn't such a thing as influencer or content creator. And I was just honestly just sharing how difficult it was to be a mom and how lonely I felt. And this was at the time of Instagram when, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was like, chronological and people were seeing your stuff. And so it was different then. Instagram was different six years ago. And so I was just writing those super long captions, like blog post style captions, just about, like I said, honestly, how lonely I was as a new mom and how hard and difficult it was for me to adapt to this new way of life. 
um, and trying to find how to navigate being a good mom while also wanting to feel fulfilled as an entrepreneur. Cause I feel like I always had that in me. Okay. Um, so yeah, it just kind of started naturally for me. I just started sharing my life and I, it kind of grew from there. I didn't have any intention then of making it a business. And as I got feedback kind of from my followers and my audience, I started to write more and I felt more fulfilled by that type of work and building this type of community. And my content has really evolved throughout the years to kind of match my community and their needs um, and kind of what's happening in my life as well. Love that. I'm so curious to know which came first then, because you're writing a lot on Instagram. You're sharing all these captions about being a mom. If you started six years ago, your oldest was how old? Yeah, my oldest was just, so my blog essentially started six years ago, but I was sharing on Instagram before then. Okay. I started the blog when I was pregnant with my third. And that was a really difficult pregnancy for me. I had hyperemesis. So I was in bed for four and a half months straight. and no one really talked about that and then didn't talk about the depression that comes with being that sick. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I'm pregnant. I'm so happy. But when you're not happy when you're pregnant. Mm. Um, And so that's when my Instagram and my audience there kind of evolved into my blog where I was able to share more content and more long form type content there. Um, Got it. Okay. Yeah. Cause usually it's the other way around. Usually it's people have a blog and then they create the Instagram to drive to the blog, but you did it kind of this backwards way. That's really interesting. Okay. So you've got your three girls, beautiful girls now, and you you're running this blog and everything's going great. Kind of walk us through all of your different interest areas, your different niches of content, because obviously you have the mom life content, but there's also so much more than just that. Yeah. So the mom life content, I kind of like, it's the big bubble, right? So within that, I call that like my lifestyle niche. Mm -hmm. And so within that, you know, I have my homeschool sector because I'm, because I share a lot about our homeschool and how we're able to travel so often with our kids. I share hacks and sometimes those hacks are just specifically for mom life or sometimes they're for travel. So that's where the two sides of my business kind of like join together. And then, um, I share, activities and things to do with your kids when the world shut down and all of these parents became homeschooling parents all of a Mm -hmm. sudden. Mm -hmm. Um, That was when I saw my content really change and focus into adapting to this like new lifestyle at home and how to teach your kids, keep things in perspective. I think that was really important at that time because we were all kind of like panicking what we were going to do. And that was really when this Pinterest mom kind of niche Really, I say fell into my lap, but it was something that I've been doing since before my blog. Like, I just love the over the top parties. I remember my second daughter's first birthday, it was at a park, and someone walked by and they were like, Oh, a wedding. And I was like, mm, no, no, it's not a wedding. <laughs> it's my daughter's first birthday. Um, and so I just started sharing that, but more so, I wanted to break down this idea that being crafty or being a Pinterest mom was something that only a certain type of person could do sure, to be sure, like sure, sure. overly creative or overly crafty. And I don't consider myself that type. So I was just like, this is easy. You can do this if you want to do it. If you don't, that's totally mm-hmm. cool. Like you don't have to be a Pinterest mom to be a good mom. But if you want to do this, like I'm going to show you how you can do this. And it's actually inexpensive and it's actually yes. really easy. 
And it's fun. And it's and fun. It's fun. And you and I talked about that so much in the beginning of your project because I was explaining to you how my mom's like that, where yeah. my parents for us growing up like built us castle beds and my dad would like build it all custom himself with little balconies and, and draperies and make it full princess castle. And my I mom's an interior that. designer. So we got to redo our rooms every three years. I had like a Parisian room, a beach room, um, a crazy color room. Like I had every kind of room that there was because it was just like a fun project and she wasn't running it as a business at the time, but she loved it. So there is, there are a lot of similarities there, of course, but then you've got this blog. You have, of course, your Instagram, you're on TikTok. Let's talk about TikTok as well. Um, with Mrs. Blinks, you're sharing your travel stories with your girls. I feel like I heard about you first in your, like the travel backpacking kind of space with your family, because I'm like, ex-digital nomad forever traveler. Love that. And I also just traveled with a backpack and a carry-on suitcase, but you guys had me beat with just the backpacks. (laughs) So tell us about what it's like to backpack with three young young kiddos. Yeah, well, it's not easy. Like, it's not. Um, There are elements of backpacking that make traveling easier, though. And that's like the other stigma I want to break. Like, people are like, ooh, that seems way too hard. And it is hard to adjust to packing and traveling like that. Because everyone wants those cute Instagram outfits, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone wants to dress cute on vacation. They buy their new outfits and all of that. But as like a chronic overpacker, I was like that person throwing a million things into my luggage, then forcing myself to become a backpacker. I don't know if I could ever go back. It Mm -hmm. It just made my trip so much easier. And I felt like so much stress was like off of my shoulders because I wasn't just managing my own stuff. It'd be one thing right. to just me, but it was also for everyone else in my family. So prepping for that, you you know, you got to be organized. Like there were lots of lists, um, lots of planning, outfit planning, trying things on, all of that. But I feel like once that was behind me and we put the backpacks on and went onto the plane, I felt this like huge relief. It's yeah. crazy. It's so crazy. And so you share this whole journey on TikTok also, which helps you yes. take off. And then you and I got connected actually through TikTok. That's Tell me right. about that. Tell me about how you found your way over onto my page. I think you yes. watched some of the some of the like logo design lives, right? That's right. That's right. You popped up on my for you page. Love that. And I had been thinking about a rebrand. I knew that I had kind of outgrown my old blog and Mm -hmm. the messaging behind like my old blog and my old name. And that really happened with the start of TikTok. When I joined TikTok, I had like, I had no idea how to put a video together. And Uh then I was like, okay, I can figure this out. And there was a learning curve there. And then I started to find I enjoyed it so much more than any other platform in the the community I was building there and the type of content I could create that was so truly me. And so I started to create, and then I got in my head that I really wanted to rebrand. But I'm sure you hear this from a lot of your clients. It's super intimidating. Like, I have no idea where to start. No Mm -hmm. idea. Um, I knew I wanted something different. But you know, when I first started talking to you, I didn't even know, like, what direction I wanted to go in. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know what name I wanted at first. And so on my For You page, I just, I did know something, though. I did know a kind of look that I was going for. I wanted this, like simple, sophisticated. And for me, uniquely, I wanted this kind of playful look um, because that's the type of content I create being family focused. And when your, it was one of your videos popped up on my For You page and you were showing like a logo design, like kind of from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, 
yes, this is kind of like the direction I want to go in. I want it to be, you know, sophisticated, simple. And I think it was one of the videos where you were explaining like, even down to how you pick fonts and the lines and you dot certain eyes, but you don't dot certain eyes. And I was like, okay, this girl, she's (laughs) who I need. She understands it because I knew that wasn't something that I was strong in. Like I knew nothing about design and I wanted someone who was just as passionate about their business and hearing you talk about fonts for like 10 minutes. I was like turning to my husband and I was like, okay, She's That's it. it. <laughs> She's it. Because I, I wanted that. someone passionate about right. what they do. And I could feel it in your presentation. Because then I went on your site and I was like watching all your presentations. And I was like, okay, she is into it. She is so into it. And like, even during the beginning of our process, now I'm totally jumping the gun. But yeah. even during the beginning <laughs> of our process, you gave me that feeling that was like, no, I'm invested. Like, yeah. I'm here. I want to understand your business. I want to truly dive in so that I can create a logo that you love. And I got that feeling even before I ever talked to you just from your presentation. So kudos to you. No, I love that. And that's why it's so important because there's so much more to it than just like the face value, right? So the logos, they're such an interesting creative dilemma because for me, it's this perfect blend of like business savvy and art where you have to kind of solve a problem and communicate something and still leave something to be desired, right? You want that logo mark, that brand mark, the branding to really kind of invite the right people in and then get them excited about it. Where when they see it or they see things that remind you of the brand, they're messaging it to you and they're like, oh my gosh, saw this thought of you. This is so your vibe. That whole process is so fun. Because for me, I feel like I get to pretend to be all these different business owners and I don't actually have to run the business. And it's so fun. It's like that it it scratches that like crafty itch. Like I'm sure that you're you felt about the Pinterest stuff where you're like, gosh, okay, I know what Easter looks like and how and my girls want cinnamon rolls. How can I make this work? Like I saw that video that you posted, right? Yeah. Um, it's so fun. And so, okay, so you reached out to me. Also, you'd commented on one of my videos where I was recapping like travel blogger branding. And you yes. said, Ooh, wait, that's me. And I was like, okay, great. Follow my contact. <laughs> yes, I really that's think exactly that's how it, it kicked off. Right. Yes, that's exactly it. Because, you know, a lot of things are happening kind of like behind the scenes, behind the phone, right? Like you're watching. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as soon as I saw your video that I was like, okay, I'm going to fill out her contact form. It took me watching a couple of videos and then I saw a live. And I think that's really, it really speaks to how important it is as a business owner to be consistent, right? And the consistent messaging Mm -hmm. that you're putting out there. And you don't, you might not think someone's watching and maybe that video is not getting a lot of views, but that one client Right, quietly watching, right, and they're seeing your next. They're watching to see what your next move is going to be, and it, all it took was for you to then post your next client, which was a travel, uh-huh. you know, client. That I was like, okay, now mm-hmm. I'm ready. Like that was mm-hmm. the one little thing, but there was a lot of thought process going on behind the scenes. And I think as as creators, it's hard to think of it like that. That yeah, you have those like passive viewers who might not yep. be commenting or engaging, but they're equally as important. Mm-hmm. And so you got to keep your head down and just keep creating and stick to your branding and your like focus on the messaging that you're trying to provide. Yeah. And I think every client that came to me within the last six months has mentioned that they saw my content on TikTok. 
That's like, amazing. And that's really incredible because I don't have the largest following. I don't have the most millions of views on my videos, not at all. But it's crazy how you really just need the right eyeballs. And I think that that's just a testament to like the algorithm shows you what you need to see and who you need to see it from, you know? That's right. And I, for some people, I'm not a good designer for them. If you want all neutrals and serif fonts and really serious, sexy, like... I just will never be able to execute on that the way that yeah. I know other designers will. It's just not my style. So I, the more I lean into my style and the more I get consistent with the lives, I think you're so right. Like you never know who's watching um, yeah. and you never know who could be a good fit. And even if they're not a good fit today, they could be a good fit in six months, in a year, two years, they may know someone. So I love that about TikTok. Tell me about your kind of, you downloaded TikTok and then what? How did it kind of take off on your, your account? Because you've oh, been gosh. crushing it. Uh, I downloaded TikTok and then I was a little confused, you know, as any like elder millennial was when they first downloaded mm-hmm. TikTok. And I was like, okay, this is fun. I like this. And so I really, I took a few months of just browsing and just watching my For You page evolve based on my interests and looking at trends, you know, because if anyone asks me, like, how do you grow on TikTok? My first thing is you need to be a user of TikTok. Yes, I say this too. Mm -hmm. All the time. Like, how much time do you spend on TikTok? Well, I don't really like ever open the app. Well, sorry, I I think it's going to be a little difficult for you to understand how different of a platform it is. And I'm not even talking about trends. Like, none of my videos are trends. I very rarely use trending sounds or trending ideas. My videos are much more storytelling type videos. Um, But it's still understanding the TikTok user and what they like and kind of, you know, I've been known to also like feed into things that I know will kind of push people's buttons a little bit to get that engagement up as well. So, you know, it's, you have to be a user, but how I started was I just started using it and I just really loved it. And then I created a bunch of really bad videos that were not on brand for me at all. They were more like trends that I was just having fun with. And then I posted my very first cinnamon roll video. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know my page at all, basically what I've now, I guess, become known for is taking like <laughs> store-bought cinnamon rolls, unraveling them and creating little designs for every holiday. I do it for every single holiday. Love that. And so that was the first video and it just blew up. And for me, like blew up then it was like 30,000 views. And I was like, significant Mm -hmm. what like I think I had 40 followers at the time because again I wasn't really using it intentionally and here's the thing like you you mentioned this before I think that really is what's unique about TikTok the people that were watching my video were people who genuinely connected to the type of content that I was creating so I started to produce more videos like that Um, I shared snack boards that I made and I found that my sweet spot was really in my voiceovers. And so I would just, I would show these really aesthetically pleasing things like these table settings or these charcuterie type snacks I'd make for my kids. But in my voiceover, I would speak to the difficulties of being a mom and like the challenges I was facing with the, you know, where I was in life with my girls growing up and um, these misconceptions about being a Pinterest mom. And then one day, all it took was one comment and someone said, I've made it to Pinterest mom TikTok. And that is essentially how Pinterest mom TikTok started. 
Love and, that. Yeah. And so I watched that hashtag grow from zero to, you know, now I want to say it's like in the hundreds of millions. And Insane. that just, I still can't wrap my head around that idea. It was crazy. And then the growth was just exponential from there. I think there were some days I was growing like 30,000 followers a day. Yeah, it Craziness. was, it was Craziness. crazy. Um, but it wasn't until the backpacking that it really catapulted. It was, yeah, the growth in those 30 days of our Europe trip, when we backpacked Europe for 30 days with just a backpack each, that was, that was crazy. I, I still like, I still can't believe that that happened. You know, a part of me too, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to break down those, those negative thoughts. I would think like, oh gosh, I was just lucky and remind myself that no, I've been working in this industry for six years and it was six years of experience that kind of led me to be able to be prepared for this, my content to really catapult into this really large viewership. And so it's been crazy. Uh, And this has all happened. uh, It started in February of last year. So all within a year. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I think that there's something to be said about the fact that these are the skill sets you've had since you started. This is like right. every, they say every overnight success is 15 years in the making, right? That's right. Where although you can see like meteoric rise and crazy high views and like all these new opportunities and new followers and everything, like that's, that's the end of that. Not even the end. That's just like one little spike in this very long journey that it took to get that's there, Right. right? So That's same right. thing for me. It was it was a first to market opportunity with the hashtag. I saw no one was using hashtag brand design on TikTok yet. So in July 2019 is when I posted my first brand design in 60 seconds video and it got like 300,000 views. Same thing. Small account. Amazing. And like Mariana Hewitt of Summer Fridays commented, I've seen a lot of branding and this is stellar. And I was like, what? You're <laughs> on here? Like you just saw my work? Like this is crazy. And so then it was like, oh, okay, now I know what I'm in for. But similar to you, visually pleasing voiceover. I didn't even know how to use the voiceover tool. I was recording them all in one go. And the early ones are so embarrassing because I'm holding my phone. It's shaky or it's like, I'm not considering my composition or any of my background because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I was just trying to say everything in a minute. And then those are the ones that took off. And now that's just like my living, breathing portfolio. So I think for you too, with the travel content, like what you're talking at with the voiceovers, it adds so much depth to the content. Cause it's really easy to be like, this is a super easy Easter cupcake hack, like hooray. And yeah. like, like fun and light. But I think that you've paired these two things and created a little bit of like a rupture, created a little bit of a dissonance between what you see and what you hear. And you're like, Oh, wait a second. That is me. Like I can, you can be both things. You can hold both things to be true at once. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, and you know, there really hasn't been a platform, you know, that, has allowed for that because even look at reels, right? The sound doesn't automatically pop up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I still struggle with my reels getting the reach that they, you know, the same video that would hit a million on TikTok struggles on reels mm-hmm. because you're not getting that same connection value that you're getting over on TikTok. And so it's just, it's a really, I love the platform. I like it changed my life. It's so cheesy. Yeah. But it seriously changed my life. You know, I do believe, like I said, I was prepared for this. I've been working for this moment. Um, and I don't think that I would have been able to capitalize on the success as much as I've yeah. been able to do in the last year. 
without having kind of all of that experience from content creating, negotiating contracts, knowing my worth and charging my worth also, mm-hmm. I think is something do not see on TikTok. So I'm in the comment section, like, true girl, you need to charge more for that. True, true. You know? And so all of these things I think have helped like catapult me now into a very successful business. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So what, what does the business side of being a content creator look like for you guys and what maybe new opportunities have opened up since sharing your life so publicly on TikTok and Instagram and all these places um, that maybe was different than it was two years ago or even, you know, six years ago when you started? Sure. So when I first started, I was just happy if a company would like send me a product, like they were like, Ooh, you take nice pictures. I'm going to send you this baby clothes. And I was like, Yay. And then, you know, it's, yeah, I was like, because at that time, you just didn't hear of that. You know, you just, it wasn't like now every other video on my For You page is like, you want to be an influencer? You know, so then it just, I don't even know if we were calling ourselves influencers. We were just like brand reps or something at that time. And so I was just happy for that. And then, you know, that turned into like $50 and then $100. And it just, it really happened organically. And the more, my skill set grew the more I started to charge more. And I kind of like tested the waters and kind of learned, you know, oh, okay, well, I didn't read that contract very well. And I got burned a ton mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now, you know, I'm pretty well versed on contracts and negotiating and understanding my worth and going into scenarios, pretty stressful scenarios where I'm on Zoom calls with executives and saying, well, this is what I charge, you know? But it didn't, it happened very, very slowly for me. And even though that's not my niche, like I don't share that on um, TikTok and my videos, you know, every once in a while I do get those questions on like Instagram stories and I will go into it because no one was sharing that then. No one was saying, you know, like, hey, you should be charging more. You should be charging extra for for paid usage, for them wanting to use your content and all of these things. And so now like as a business, I have different revenue streams that come in. My main one is sponsored work and where I see the highest demand right now and creating UGC. That's a huge demand, especially in the travel sector. And it takes up a majority of my time, even though I am like kind of focusing a lot more like on affiliate income, um, on my actual blog and the ads that run on my blog and creating products, digital products. That's like with this Mm -hmm. rebrand, there are going to be some fun things rolling out too. So I'm really excited to see kind of how this evolves and see my team grow. My team has grown this year. And so that was really exciting and stressful Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. trying to find people equally as passionate to work alongside you. So absolutely. And all of those efforts are going to, they're all going to snowball, right? They're all going to just get bigger and bigger and better. And that's why starting in on those different streams of income, same for me, like having a few digital products on my website with a video pinned to the top, top of my TikTok saying, these are Canva templates you can have for $27 has been great. Yes. <laughs> just, it just runs and it just goes in the background. And there, I know these are things that people wanted because they saw me use my own templates on, on TikTok live. And they're that's like, right. Oh my God, where did you get that template? I was like, I made it. They're like, can I buy it? I was like, sure. <laughs> so that's what yes. it was, you know, that's how it starts. And that's and the it, best way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. And that's really how you know what you're going to sell is going to be successful is when they're asking for it before you've even created it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so two years ago when, like I said, the world shut down and everyone's like, uh, I'm homeschooling. What do I do? Mm -hmm. I wrote an ebook. I wrote a 30 page ebook pretty much how to start. Because to me, that was the most intimidating when I started homeschooling. My girls was like, um, okay, like where do I start? Like any big project. Right. 
So I was like, okay, this is exactly step by step. I created tangible steps because there were blog posts and things, do this, don't do this. But there were no like tangible steps like go to this website, fill out this form, find this information here, search here, do this. And then I created just some like curriculum guidelines. Yeah, like guidelines, graphics, like templates that they could use to kind of figure out what style they gravitate towards. Like it was even like a questionnaire I made in there. So it was, it was, there was nothing really else like that out there. Uh And I don't promote it anymore. I have one YouTube video that's out there just doing its own thing. And I still get sales every week on this book because it's something that's unique and it's valuable. And I have a piece of content that's living out there evergreen. That's bringing revenue. Yeah. Yeah. And eyeballs. It's both. It's both. And I think that for anyone who enjoys creating content, you absolutely deserve being paid for creating the content that you make. If you have information that people want, you deserve to make money on that information. Like you've lived it. You've been there. You've done it. It's the same with my sister, who's a wedding planner. My mom, who's an interior designer. Like if you have resources and people would rather pay you to tell them how to do something like then go for it. I'm, I'm all about that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm all about buying things to make my life easier. Totally. Like Canva templates. I don't want to be designing things on Canva. Like I'm going to go I don't have time. You know, I have mm-hmm. to spend the time where like it's most valuable to my business. So those other things like if you have a great product and you want to pitch it to me that would make my life easier, like if someone's listening and they create mm-hmm. a document on how I can organize all of my brand partnerships, uh-huh, then email me because there are things, especially in an industry that's evolving and changing and so new still, even though it's been around for a few years, but it's still so new that there's so many ways that you could create something digital product that maybe you're just really type A and good at organizing and created this like Google spreadsheet. Like I need that. I would buy that to make my life easier. Totally. You know, so Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I think with with entrepreneurship too, you also said affiliate income and ad income, like the more layers you can add in, even if it starts small, like then you do hit that one viral video on TikTok and all of a sudden that's not looking so small, you know, like all that stuff is going to work with you. But I want to talk about um, the approach to the branding because when you came to me, you're like, I'm not sure what I want the name to be. And then you also had you, Mrs. Blinks, and then you have with the Blinks. And a lot of our early conversation was about, are these two things separate brands or is one, are they under the same branch? Do they look the same? Do they look a little bit different? So talk me through some of your thoughts and feelings about that and why you think it's also important to separate yourself, you know, from aside from the rest of the family content. Right. Yeah. That's actually in the beginning, I didn't even know the answer to that question. Right. And that's kind of like why your beginning process and the questionnaire process that we go through once I came on board was so helpful for me mm-hmm. because it forced me to look at my business like really like I take the emotion out and really look at it strategically. And I think every business owner, like even a, a, a new content creator, you're just starting out. I think it's so valuable to like spend the time, stop creating content and spend the time to think about it, mm-hmm. like to really think about your messaging mm-hmm. um, and mind map, all of that stuff. Like it makes creating content for me so much easier now that all of that is kind of done. But for Mrs. Blinks, that's just always existed. That was the first, right? That was before the blog. That was, you know, my small 800 followers on Instagram. So that is essentially who I'm known as on social Mm -hmm. media. And I, I didn't want to let go of that. So I really had to brainstorm a way. 
and then my old blog, The Gray Ruby, I felt that there was no tie to my identity on social media. I think I felt like there was there was just something missing there. Uh, so I almost had these like two separate identities. So I had like the gray ruby and then I had Mrs. Blinks and they were doing the same thing. And I felt like it just wasn't the best use of like mm-hmm. their connection, right? Mm-hmm. Their p- potential connection. So I was like, okay, we got to change this. We have to rebrand. Like this just isn't working for me anymore. And so how can I do that? How can I find something that can represent my brand, Mrs. Blinks, while also standing alone and able to evolve if the type of content I create evolves. You know, like my kids are getting older. They might not want to be a part of like this family travel thing in the future. And I have to be, you know, like I'm very respectful about my kids and their boundaries and what I share and what I don't share. You know, I want to be mindful of that, that my content has evolved so much over the past six years. And I wanted to create something that would be able to evolve with me. Um, and yeah. that played to my persona, yeah. but could also stand alone for my persona if it needed to. And that's how With the Blinks was, was born. Exactly. And we made magic out of it. I think so much yes. of what we talked about in your brand adjectives, because those are always the words I pull into the document when I'm starting to create the logo. And the logo like didn't come to me as quickly as I thought it would. I was messing with stuff and messing with it and messing with it. And I was like, have I lost my touch? <laughs> I had to walk away, come back. Yes. And I was like, you know what? I need to hand letter this on the iPad. This is like, I can't exactly get the feeling I'm going for because I could see it almost more in my head than I could actualize it in the design program, which is also if you're a designer, that's like some, one of the most frustrating feelings is like, I know what it looks like. It's just like my body can't translate it out. Like I can't get it out in the way that I want. But once we had it, I was like, oh, this is it. Like I already know that this is it because we pulled for some great historical references. So, um, this is where my art history background comes into play. And I explained this in the presentation video, which is why it's so important to have your videos on present or your presentations on video. Because then yes. you watched it definitely more than once, right? Oh, I watched it like 10 times yeah. at least <laughs> in like the first two days. I still watch it sometimes. Uh-huh, so I'll go back and like pull yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. you'll say something that really like, because in the beginning you understood my brand so well, you were really giving me like tangible things. Like I was like, I got to take notes here because this is so good. The way like... I even wrote to you, I think you understand my brand better than I understand uh-huh. my brand <laughs> because we had deep dived into it so much. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I still watch it. I still show yeah. it to people. And when I don't want it to go away because then right. when I launch, when this finally goes mm-hmm. live, um, I want to show all my friends it. like, look, look at this see? video just to see like the evolution of totally. the whole process. I just loved it. Totally. Some of the words that bubbled up to the surface, at least when we were starting to work out, were like welcome, friendly, magical. Like there was this magical nostalgia. And when we talk about that, like my brain immediately goes Disney, which went yes. perfect for you because I think Disney really has the the market on magic and nostalgia, right? It's both yes. of those things. So if we think back, history of Disneyland opened in 1950. 60, I believe, 60, 65, around there. Um, my grandfather, I don't even know if I've told you this, my great-grandfather on my mother's side was a photographer for Kodak and photographed Walt Disney at opening day at Disneyland. No way. Uh-huh. 
That mm-hmm. is so cool. So he was like on staff for Kodak and like did all those photography. And so now we're like 50s, 60s. We're going for kind of this like sparkle star in the sky kind of Peter Pan idea. So we have the sparks throughout your branding. But I knew that the text itself needed to feel almost handwritten. Like it needed to have this like fun script quality that felt kind of old school, but still Jetsons. We talked about the Jetsons too in the original, remember? And kind of it being this like family that's on this adventure. And I think that that fits so well with the kind of content that you're creating that the whole thing is going to come together beautifully. And then the best part of it is always making the mock-ups. Because taking the branding, the colors, the patterns, the fonts, the everything, and being able to help my clients like yourself, like visualize what that could look like. And of course I shoot for the freaking roof on those things. I'm like, okay, so when you have your line at Target, this is what it's going to look like. When you have your, when you sell craft kits at, you know, at Nordstrom, this is what they're going to look like, (laughs) you know? And I went all the way and you were like, like mind blown. (laughs) And I was like, yes, yes, this is it. I'm into it. I'm into it. Oh yeah. Everything. The presentation, like if you're a creative listening to this, like from the client standpoint, that was, and essentially that is what sold, Mm -hmm. you know, me to come on as a client Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I watched your other presentations on your site. And so I think that having that presentation is so valuable for your, for your clients and putting it out there for potential business. Because I really do think that that's what kind of set me over the top that I was like, okay, she's it. Because I could really understand how you work. Yeah. Um, And explaining your thought process is so important, right? So important. So it helps it stick. It helps it stick. It helps it kind of create context around the idea. Um, It really, I think is going to open you up to a lot of collaboration potential. Um, so another example of this is I worked on Joe Johnson Overby's branding. She just launched this whole summer campaign with Riff Raff of a local boutique in her place. And she has the logo printed on the back of the shirt with their logo. And it looks so good. And I was sending it to her. I was like, oh my God, the logo's on the back of the shirt. It looks awesome. And she's like, I know I'm so excited. They were so happy with it. And I'm like, great. That's exactly what we want. We want someone to see that. And even if they don't know who you are, they can like start to get a sense for what your vibe is. And so I think of when you have that, like with the blinks X Alani resort in, in Hawaii collaboration, family retreat, we're going (laughs) to manifest it. Right. Where it's like the blinks are hosting this like family summer vacation in Hawaii and imagining, okay, what does the tote bag, the takeaway look like? What does an adventure journal look like? What does, um, bags or water bottles or hats or any, what does that stuff look like to really see the full picture? Yeah. And then hopefully planted some seeds for some ideas for you. Oh yeah. And I just, I think it's so powerful to go through a process like this too, not just because I walked away with an amazing brand. I'm so happy with it, but just being able to have these type of discussions and to talk about the potential, you know, I don't know if it's women business owners or if it's just me potentially, but I think sometimes we put these glass ceilings on ourselves, you know, and you know, even as a mom, I'm juggling all of these things. And I, I'm the first person to tell myself, I can't do that, or I can't manage that, or I can't juggle all of that. And I think having these conversations with you and exploring all of these potential possibilities, right? Like it just, it got me excited. And I felt this, like, like there were literal tears, Oh, <laughs> like after I watched the video, because I think it was really the epitome of feeling 
like this was a turning point in my business. I really like actually had that feeling. Like this is it. I'm going to five years from now, look back on today and think about this moment and how this was the moment that really changed the trajectory of my business. So oh, I have, go- no, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I have goosebumps now. It's that's the, the whole goal, but that's the goal, right? Is to truth. like open someone's eyes to the potential that maybe they don't even see or, or like you're saying that you're holding yourself back from. And really like if I'm in, in on it, because I can also see there's so much social proof here, right? Your audience loves your content. Like, you know how to put together a great campaign. Like there's so much hard work on your side that I'm just trying to summarize all of that and make it into a brand. And so if we can do that, but then I can take that and also like, again, like shoot for the roof here and like yes. shoot for the moon and beyond and the other galaxy and say, okay, if there were no limits to anything, which is like, that's just my favorite game to play in life in general. I love it. If there were no limits and I could truly do anything with this idea. How far can we take it? Right. Because there's no reason that that couldn't happen for right with the blinks, right? That's right. a very natural progression, especially now that you've got this branding that also reflects that. That's and I right. think with the travel bloggers I work with specifically, they mention that the rebranding brought them up to a level of sponsorship, opportunity, uh, reputation that they otherwise would never have got to on their own. Because right. now all of a sudden these big league players in their space are looking at them like, wow, okay, yeah, you do have a really refined aesthetic and this does match our ideal client. And this is our demographic that we want to tap into. And you've got every bell and whistle like perfectly in place. And that right. to the business owner, the collaborator, the other hotel group, whatever, when they see that from a creator, that is makes their job so much easier. Yeah. And just think from like a, even a simple like standpoint, mm-hmm. you are showing that this is real for you. Like mm-hmm. you take this seriously. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, like you have this cohesive branding. You put a lot of time, energy, thought into creating this aesthetic to reach, to communicate these goals to your audience. And I really do believe that sets you apart from the rest. Like even if, you know, maybe this is a luxury resort and, you know, I'm family focused, I still think that they would look at, you know, a creator that has a true brand and think, okay, this is professionalism, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that new and upcoming creators really need to focus on, like the professionalism behind being a creator. Yeah, you can make a great TikTok, but if you can't handle like the business side of it, Totally. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. No, and there's a longevity involved and there's an end game there. And and my sister is a good example of this. Like as a wedding planner, she's really good at creating those videos that go like mega viral, right? She knows how to take a piece of content, use the right trend, the right sound at the right time and get, she has a video right now sitting at about three and a half million views. And so now she's got news outlets reaching out like, oh, we'd love to post this and license this and give you credit. And she's like, no. (laughs) Like, unless you're paying for it, like, no, this is my proprietary content and you sharing it actually doesn't, isn't really helping me all that much. And what a, what a power position to be in when you can say like, this is in alignment, this isn't in alignment. So you can kind of really start to chart that path for yourself once you get really clear on who you are. 
and what you have to offer. Whereas I think if you don't have that plan and you don't have that end game and those long-term goals, and with my sister specifically, we're talking about all kinds of ideas for her brand. And the vision that she sees for herself is so much bigger than just having a viral TikTok page. So now it's like, how do we take that TikTok traffic and then turn it into something that's sustainable and, and able to monetize and has that longevity to create the lifestyle that she wants. Exactly. And we're getting there. Exactly. We're really getting there, but it's so fun. I mean, this is like my favorite thing to talk about always, 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 always. And this is why we have a podcast, you know, because right. we got to capture all of this stuff as we think it and feel it. Um, but when you do announce, and I'm hoping, I think we're going to be soon. We're waiting on the website is one last little bit. Um, if you could guess what the general reaction is going to be about the branding from your audience. So what do you think oh, it's going to be like? Man. I think about it all the time because I really think that they're going to go crazy for it. Yeah. I think just because I, you know, especially in the last year, I've really focused on creating this aesthetic um, and a really clear messaging on TikTok and on Instagram. And I like, I didn't know that even this was possible. Like, I think that's why I came to you too. Cause I was mm -hmm. like, I need you to take me out of my comfort zone of like pale pinks and neutrals and catapult me into what I really know, like this should be. Um, and so I think they're going to be shocked, but in like the best way possible, because I don't think they'll expect love this it. from me at all. And I just love it. I'm like giddy. I'm Good. actually giddy. I cannot wait. I can't wait for the site to be done and to see this all come together. Um, it's just, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be super exciting. I'm stoked for you. Um, and of course we talked about so much here, but we always have to ask our guests, what do you think makes your brand particularly brag worthy? Ooh, what keeps people really, coming back? Yeah, that you know that's a good one. Um, you know, in the beginning of like our onboard, we talked about this idea of like the mom next door, and it's something that I have like written in my office, like right next to me, because I think in social media, most people try so hard to like prove something or show off or like, look at this fancy vacation or look at this great house and look at this and that and that. And that is like the opposite of what I want to do. Right. Um, right. And it's almost possibly the opposite of what someone would brag about. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's genuinely what I love about the type of content that I create and why I continue to create content. And what I continuously remind myself when I'm creating content is that I am like, I actually am the mom next door. Like I'm just a regular mom. And I think I do No, I not, I think I do a really good job of portraying yeah. that through my content. See, I'm right. trying to break those things. Now I think I do a very you good do. job. You do. You yes. do. Yeah. Thank I you. think that's the thing to embrace. And, and the brag worthy part, I think for your brand and th this through line that I've seen is like the honesty and the transparency. Like, yes, it may be beautiful and it may be super over the top and sparkly and amazing. And I might have a birthday party that looks like a wedding. But at the end of the day, like, I love that you have boundaries with your kids and that you're realistic and that you have like this really adventurous, curious wonderment kind of vibe to the branding and to your content where you're not afraid to dive into something, even if you're not going to be good at it. And I think that is totally a superpower totally a superpower, something that people don't talk about enough because the tendency, or at least the psychology on social media is to have to make it look like you've got it all figured out. That's right. 
That's right. right. So if you break that cycle and say, no, nah, I'm going to try it and maybe I don't have it figured out. Maybe something's going to go wrong. But those are the moments that I think people really connect with. Exactly. Yeah. And I genuinely, even though they're embarrassing, I love sharing those moments too, because yeah. you're really connecting with your audience. You're not connecting with your audience when you put some like super pretty thing and then everyone's just commenting how great you are. That's Mm -hmm. not really connecting. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you had a chance to see the video that I shared about when we were surfing in Costa Rica and I was like mortified of surfing because I had a bad experience where I got really hurt. And then I was like, you know what? I'm, my kids are taking lessons. I'm going to take lessons. I'm going to do this. I'm going to conquer my fears, subtle fear of the ocean too, like sharks and things. And I'm going to conquer my fears and I'm going to do it. And I watched the replays of those videos and I was like, Diana, you look ridiculous. You look ridiculous. Of course. But you know what? Like, let's normalize like having hobbies that we're not good at. Like, let's just do it. Yeah. And I've solemnly sworn to take up golf and tennis this summer. I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to go. Like, we're just going to have to be bad at it and that's okay. But that's the only way that you learn, right? That's right. And even if your goal, like my goal is not to be this like great surfer, surfing big waves and stuff. But when I let go of those expectations, I actually enjoyed myself and I had fun and I laughed at myself and I posted those videos for millions of people to see of me fumbling on the surfboard and falling on my face, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the type of content I want to create. Like that's the type of content I want people to see. And it was hard for me to break down this like barrier of it being aesthetically pleasing and me looking quote unquote perfect. Sure. Um, but I don't feel fulfilled by that. Like, I think I'll always do things Pinterest mom ask, right. um, but I'm always going to show like who I truly am, which is an imperfect person. Right, 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 right. Oh, I love all of that. That was such good advice for everybody, I think. And and I, I want to do a better job at that with my content too, of like showing the things that didn't turn out as planned or like things that went maybe a little yeah. bit sideways because exactly. there's, there's so much in that, right? There's so much value, so much conversation to be had in that that idea. Oh, I love this whole conversation. Adore you. Oh, I adore you more. Obsessed with the branding. Oh, I am so obsessed with the branding. It's going to be so fun. People are going to go nuts. People are going to go nuts. And we should do maybe like a live, a TikTok live or an Instagram live or something. Totally Once we both like put it, like let everybody see it. We got to coordinate that effort. I'm so excited. I know. I'm like squealing. I know. Where can everybody (laughs) find you, follow you, connect, see the new branding soon? Where can they find you online? Well, on TikTok and Instagram, I'm Mrs. Blinks, like we mentioned several times. And then the blog is withtheblinks.com. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Diana. It was so good to just recap this whole project, tie it up with a nice bow and uh, send it out into the world. It's so exciting. Yay. Cool. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thanks again for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, Michelle, of course, and it would mean the world to me if you would go ahead and leave us a review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you listen to podcasts, really. The Kiss My Aesthetic book group is also going to be a killer resource for you to ask questions, get feedback on anything branding, marketing, or entrepreneurship related. And to catch today's show notes or anything that we talked about in this episode, make sure you go to mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. We'll catch you next time.